Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Be Better Tomorrow podcast. I am your host, Jason Fisher. This month, I'm bringing Dr. Cheryl Wood, an international empowerment speaker who speaks especially to women on how to use their voice to tell a transformational story that will have impact, not only on the stage, but also in the boardroom or in the meeting room. She was an amazing guest, and we had a great conversation on how to be authentic in everything that you do and why it's really your only option. Without further ado, I present Dr. Cheryl Wood. My daughter and I's podcast is Young Adult Fiction. So we read together and do like a book club. So wow. if you've got a daughter who's a writer, make that connection. We can do their, maybe oh, do one of her stories be, or her book next year. That would be fantastic. I will definitely put that on my little to-do list, reminder list. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's what, you know, make those connections and figure something yep. out. And she'd yeah. love to hear, hear from somebody else who's doing it. Cause she's talked about being an author, but doesn't want to sit down and do the work sometimes. Like, you know, find somebody your age that you can, you know, kind of talk to about it and has that yeah. same passion. See, I love it. That, 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 that's what I'm saying. These connections. I love it. Yeah. My daughter feels that she's been feeling stuck. That's why I hired the lady who she's going to have a session with Thursday because I'm like, well, maybe you need somebody else to read what you have already. Maybe they can give you some insight that I don't have. Right. Yeah. But, well, then you don't have to be the bad guy either. <laughs> if something is a little bit garbage, you don't have but to. This is horrible. Right. <laughs> I don't want to play that game. I, I hate correcting their schoolwork and we homeschool. <laughs> so that's really important. Wow. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's rough. I was like, you know what, let somebody else correct it. And then we're not the bad guy. That's it. Right? I love the, it. I love the grammar it. rules are not our fault. That's just the way it is. <laughs> I don't know how to help you. <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, well kudos uh, for, to you. Kudos thanks. to you. Yeah. Uh, for folks who don't know you, why don't you give us a, a short intro of yourself as we get rolling? Yeah, well, I, yeah, absolutely. I love giving kind of like the personal side of, of Dr. Cheryl Wood and a little bit about the professional side. So the personal side, I am a wife, my husband and I, just celebrated 13 years of marriage a couple months ago in April. Oh, lucky 13. Yes, lucky 13. We, I, I like to say we still like each other, which is a, an amazing thing, 13 years that's, later. That's an accomplishment. That's an accomplishment. Um, and then we have three beautiful children together, ages 12, 13, and 16. Um, I'm already putting rounding people's ages up because in a few months they'll be like, Four, uh, 13, 14, whatever, anyway. <laughs> Two sure. sons and a daughter. So I basically have three, we have three teenagers in the house. Um, and so far, so good. We'll keep our fingers crossed for how things continue to go. Uh, it, it's, it's an amazing journey. It's a very interesting journey. Everybody has their own personality, unique personality, yep. but just kind of flow with it. Um, and then the professional side, uh, I am an international empowerment speaker. That is my love. I feel like I was born to speak. I get to travel all across the world, speaking into the lives of girls and women. Last year, I actually hosted my very first international women's conference in Paris, France. And that was a huge risk. I didn't know anybody in Paris, had never been to Paris, and I don't speak French. <laughs> but I just... That's an adventure. That's an adventure, right? But I believe that's what a big part of living is about and being a, a true entrepreneur is about mm -hmm. going into those spaces that make you feel uncomfortable. Um, and so I do that a lot, a lot of traveling when we're not in COVID-19 for speaking. I am also a, an 11-time best-selling author, and I'm working on book project number 12 now. Uh, and I'm a master speaker development coach. I primarily work with women, helping them to really unleash the power of their voice and find the greatness in their stories. Because uh, it doesn't matter what platform you're on, doesn't matter if you're on a professional corporate platform or an entrepreneurial platform, or even something that's just related to life and empowerment, stories are the things that people will always remember and repeat. So I'm a huge fan of storytelling. Excellent. And I, I don't know if you've 
read anything up on me before we started talking about this interview, but I started and still really enjoy doing speaker coaching. I do it for our internal organization for my full-time job. I've done it for Girl Scouts because my, my family's a part of that. I'm actually a registered Girl Scout myself. Every, <laughs> every volunteer is a Girl Scout, even the guys. Uh, but obviously you're on video and a lot of people listening know this already. I'm a dude. And so I'm really interested in talking about specifically how you help women because I've had several women come to me and ask more poignant questions. I'm like, man, I, I need to research this, but then it's only from a research perspective. Yeah. So, so what do you think are the specific things around how you coach women uh, and maybe even how you coach? I know because you do a lot with, with well, people of color, but women of color specifically. Um, I'd love to hear some of those things as to how that's yeah. different and, and how you coach folks. Yeah. I mean, I think number one, there, there is a, a huge difference in dynamic from the way men show up and the way women show up. Um, and that's just from someone who gets to mm. travel internationally and speak on a variety of platforms. And a lot of times I feel like women have a tendency to hold back because we want to compare ourselves to the way that our male counterparts show up. And, and I just want to give women the permission to be in and stand in your feminine power. Like there's so much power in what you have to say and the way you express it as a woman. So a lot of the, one of the questions I get most often is, is it okay to show emotion on stage? You don't have a whole lot of men speakers, male speakers who are showing emotion on stage. Okay. Right. That's just the truth. Well, but we have a few, we have excitement and anger. Those are the things we're allowed to show. Excitement and anger, exactly. But anything in between that is like, no, we don't do that. And so I find that a lot of women speakers are modeling themselves after that. And I'm like, no, it's okay for you to stand powerfully in how you were created. And we are typically more emotional beings, not all of us, but just general and in general. And it's okay for us to pull on that and to have that deeper connection with an audience. Because look, I've done, when I first started, I was a very technical speaker, even as a woman, but because it was, I was modeling myself after the male speakers that I look to. I'm talking about Les Brown, I'm talking about Tony Robbins, I'm talking about Brian Tracy, like all the mm -hmm. greats, right? Because I want to be a great, so I'm going to follow the clues of the greats. Um, but I felt like I was doing a disservice to the all women audiences that I was oftentimes speaking to. So it's like, okay, you're coming in front of an all female audience, but you're talking in a male tone. And I'm like, you know what? It's okay for you to just be authentically who you are and to find the power in your feminine voice. And a part of that feminine voice is showing the more nurturing side, the more caring side that women oftentimes bring to the table, showing that emotion. If it means I'm, I cry on stage, it's okay to cry on stage and still know that I'm a powerful leader even after I wipe my tears mm -hmm. away. And those are the things that I pull out of women, the confidence to know that they belong at the front of the room instead of, as we're taught as young girls, be seen and not heard. Right. And then that grows into what we do as women speakers. So it's pulling on those. Some, some of them are soft skills that we just have to give ourselves permission to tap into yeah. as women versus what we were seeing a lot in the marketplace from our male counterparts. Let me ask something specific because I've, I've gone back and forth on the like the crying from a particular story kind of aspect and Kendra Hall who's, a, who's another great female storyteller made the point that when you when you do cry sometimes the audience stops thinking about your story and starts worrying about you uh, and may, maybe that yeah that's a the only thing negative I've ever really thought about that if, well well this is how this is how I view it so I always say number one your story is about you but it ain't for you mm -hmm. okay so when I you like think that. of it in that perspective 
that it's about you because you went through whatever that thing was, that difficult situation or that challenging situation or that drama or trauma or turmoil in your life. You went through it, but if you come out on the other side and you don't share it with anybody else, then really you made it all about you instead of for someone else. All of us have the power to make our stories for someone else, meaning there's lessons that you learned through whatever you went through. There are mistakes that you made and it made you a better person. It built more character. Why wouldn't you want to share that with someone else? And the beautiful thing about storytelling is that people remember and repeat stories, not bullet points. Yeah, absolutely. I've never gone to a conference and sat for eight hours at a conference or a weekend at a conference and somebody says, oh, how did you, how did you enjoy it? And I'm like, oh my God, XYZ speaker gave me these five amazing <laughs> right. bullet points and I'll never forget them. Like I've never done that, but I have recalled hearing someone's story that pulled exactly. at my heartstrings and made a heart to heart connection versus a head to head connection. Now here's the thing about stories. It's supposed to make them stop thinking about everything else in that moment because when you're storytelling, you're supposed to be transporting their minds to the story. Right. Like you're supposed to make them feel right. like, they're supposed to feel like they were there with you when it was happening. So there's a story that I share about losing my father in 2009. That was the first call I got uh, on mm. Thanksgiving day, 2009. My father was only 59 years old. He passed away of a massive heart attack in his sleep. That was the first call I got. So I don't just tell the story, I show the story, which means I'm giving them these signs and clues and I'm incorporating names and what was happening and what was the weather like that is transporting them mentally to that day as though they were there for me, with me so that they can feel what I felt. Now, here's when people get lost, when you take them down and you leave them down. Sure. That's the important part about storytelling. You cannot take someone to a dark place where you were in your life and leave them there and don't pull them up and show them the hope in the story, the, the triumph of the story. That's when there becomes confusion and maybe a disconnect between whatever your presentation is. But if you take that, I take that deep, dark story of losing my father. And at the end of that story, I bring them up out of the story to say, hey, that was such a traumatic story for me. That changed my life forever. But here's the other thing that it did. It made me grab a hold of life like I've never grabbed it before. It made me stop taking for granted that I was gonna get another day to live my life the way I wanted to, to be able to touch other people's lives and impact them and use my unique fingerprint and my DNA to transform somebody else's life. So here's my challenge to every one of you. Oh yeah, oh yeah. You see how I'm like, even in my voice and my inflection, I'm pulling you out of and I'm taking you back to whatever my main talking point was. So I think that's the key in really making stories count and stick. Yeah, and I agree to 100%. The stories, because of that emotional connection, I can remember and tell people stories. We've been telling stories for thousands and thousands of years around a campfire in a cave back in the day. Those things <laughs> stick with us. And you can still kind of, I connect with people. Like I can tell my friends stories just as good as they can now because I've heard them a hundred times and it still makes that connection of who we were as kids or who we were at the time the story happened. And using those to help make a point helps you remember those points because I don't remember the outline, but I will remember the stories that were right. told and, and why I can use that in the future, how I can remember them in the future. Absolutely. So outside of, of big public speaking events, like from a stage, how do you help women maybe use these same kind of aspects, use their voice and find their, find their feminine voice, maybe in the workplace where it, it's a little more interpersonal, maybe not so much monologue to audience? I think a lot of the same skill sets apply in terms of being willing to come to the forefront in your own feminine voice and not feeling like you have to fold to the, to the communication style of your male counterparts or your male peers. 
um, it's really important that women understand there is a certain way that many of us communicate and it doesn't have to model someone else. It doesn't have to model someone because you think that, that that's right or that's the thing that's been accepted in that corporate culture or that corporate environment. Instead, you get to choose how you're going to show up and how effective communication is going to look for you. Now, there are some fundamentals around effective communication in general. We could do a two-hour sure. session just on effective communication, right? But I think the most important thing is to always show up in your authentic voice. When you're in that boardroom, uh, when you're presenting or you're pitching or you're in front of the stakeholders uh, for a corporation or a company, it's always important that you still come into the space with authenticity and transparency and even storytelling. Because people do want to know, who am I connected to behind this big brand name? You know, what are your core values and your principles? And a lot of that can be articulated through our voice, our inflection, our tone, what we say, how we say it, but also the stories that we pull in about some of the success stories that we've had. Why did we decide to embark upon this particular project? Um, how are we addressing certain things that are happening in the world climate right now and pulling mm -hmm. that in as a part of the fundamental things? Like all of those things are key, but always do it in your authentic voice and in a place of transparency. Why do you think people... Do you think it's just nervousness? I find that sometimes when people get up to speak, they lose that authenticity because they feel like they have to put on the mode. They've put on a mask of now I'm presenting or now I'm in business mode where you can't just be yourself and, and go, get up there because, well, I'm too goofy and they won't take me seriously or I'm too this or I'm too that. Yeah, it's, it's fear. It's fear of rejection. It's fear of, you know, people are going to reject you if you show up authentically as yeah. who you are. Because, but that goes to our own internal beliefs and mindset about whether or not we believe we're enough just as we are. So if you're still questioning, am I really enough? Am I gonna be taken seriously? Are they really gonna believe me? Or if you're suffering from imposter syndrome, that's gonna show up when you step on that stage. But if you always remind yourself of the bigger picture, which is I am here to in some way persuade, influence, change a conversation, introduce a new creative idea, and to ultimately to transform lives then you stop making it about you. Again, it's, it's taking it, the, the focus off of you and putting it on the people that you are there for. And, and there's, there's, a, there's just a saying that it's not about the messenger, it's about the message. Mm -hmm. And I know that there's a certain part of that that you know we have to pull on, meaning our image has to look a certain way. Like, like there are certain things that matter. Sure. But ultimately, at the end of the day, it's did you give them the best of you? Did you give them the best when I take a stage, I'm always, and I step off, I'm like, okay, Cheryl, did you give them the best Cheryl that you could give them? The, which means the most authentic Cheryl. Did you give them transparency? Did you give them the real you? Meaning I'm animated when I speak. Mm -hmm. I don't care if it's in front of corporate. I, I just spoke for NASA a, a couple months ago. I don't care if it's in front of NASA or if it's at a corporate, a corporate event uh, or if it's at an entrepreneurial conference. Am I always me? Am I always animated? Because that's a part of my demeanor. Am I funny? I think I'm funny. But did I crack, did I crack a couple of jokes? Because I, I want to make sure that they're getting that best part of me. So I always tell people to write down, what are five things that describe you? Just the core of who you are. And every time you step off the stage, ask yourself, did I incorporate all five of those parts of me in that speech? And if so, I can guarantee you that you made more impact than you probably are giving yourself credit for. Yeah, that's a really good point because oftentimes we, we focus so much on the words we're going to use, but we don't bring that personality and authenticity. Again, whether it's nerves or, or lack of confidence in ourselves, sometimes we get up there and we're like, well, I've got to play the role, play the part. Well, everyone's playing the part. 
you, but only one person can play you. Yes. Only one person can be you and bring your message and your personality to whatever situation we're talking about. I think sometimes we worry way too much about the wrong thing. I'm all about preparation. Yeah. I hate when I walk into a meeting and people are like, well, I'm sorry, I didn't prepare for this. Then cancel the meeting and come back when you're ready because you're not wasting my time. I love it. Yeah, I mean, Maya Angelou, poet and author said, you know, she said it very eloquently. She said, people will forget what you said, but they will never forget how you made them feel. So I think yep, if you exactly. stop trying to play in a space of perfection based on whatever you think that is supposed to be for that group that you're speaking to, and you just focus on the overarching experience that you're creating for them, um, I think that will take a lot of the nerves away in terms of trying to show up the way you think they want you to show up. And then think about this too. Most times before someone books you, they've already watched your stuff. They've watched you on YouTube. You've sent them a speaker reel. There's something that they know about the way that you show up. So that's the person they're hiring. I don't ever want to show right. up. And now I'm somebody different than who you thought you were hiring. Like they have enough of those, the technical, you know, the, oh, okay, so today, welcome everyone. And today we're going to be talking. Like they have enough of those speakers. They don't need yeah. to come and be that. There are technical speakers for days. I'm not that person. I am the heart to heart engager. So when they look at my stuff on social media, my speaker reel, everything, that's who they're getting and that's who they want to book and hire. So I want to make sure I come and I show them that person. Yeah. So the story I relate to this is we, I love Aerosmith, one of the greatest American rock bands of all time. We go to see them and they're touring with Kiss that I really wasn't a big fan of, but they, they put on a phenomenal show. I became a fan that night, but then Aerosmith played everything from their new album at the time and missed like maybe three of their old other classics. But I'm like, no one came here to hear your new album, man. We came here to hear the classics. I want you. I want like that's what I'm looking for. Yeah. And sometimes you show up, and maybe it's you're, you're nervous first time. We I'm talking a lot to people who are in in corporate America, trying to develop personally and professionally. Not all professional speakers, but they put you in a role because they want you to to learn how to do this thing. But they want you. Yeah. They want you to do it. Yeah. They want you to step up. And like you said, if you get all technical, like well, that was a nice speech, but it's not the person I wanted to be there. I wanted your insight. Yeah. I wanted your your personality to come through and, and make that happen. And if that's not what they want, then you should tell them you don't need to be the one doing the speech. You should get somebody else. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I, I have an example of that. I got booked and this was, this was early in my journey. I mean, I've been in this journey for like 10 years now, but this was probably in year like four or something, four or five. And I, I normally get booked to speak for women's organizations a lot um, outside mm -hmm. of like corporate. But this was a specific, like a, a organizational corporate type of gig. And it was a gentleman who even was calling to book me. And I just, I couldn't figure out why they were calling to book me because everything that they were saying, I'm like, okay, I don't even speak for this type, these types of groups. Um, and he started saying, you know, all this stuff. And I was like, okay, tell me a little bit more. And he's like, oh, we work in Errol, Errol uh, I can't even pronounce the name, like stuff that I didn't know anything about science. And <laughs> I don't get why y'all are trying to book me, <laughs> but okay, uh, we're going to roll with this because a lot of times I will give myself permission to say yes, so that I am able to explore why was I given that opportunity? Like, what do I learn about myself and my capabilities through saying yes to an opportunity that scares me? So I go to the event, there are like 175 people out of the 175, like four of them were women and I was one of them. So they're all these men <laughs> and they're buttoned up to the top in their collar and they're, it's a very serious atmosphere. And here I am going to be uh, emceeing for the morning and, and also doing a facilitating a, um, <laughs> a panel discussion about stuff. I didn't know. I, I was, I was just like, please Lord, let me get through the words. 
So, <laughs> so I'm go- So these are mathematicians and scientists, and I mean real serious people. So I go up to the stage, and I'm just me. I'm energized. I'm, 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 you know, animated, and I'm, you know, making facial expressions. I'm just Cheryl. And so anyway, so the first half of the day ends, and I'm walking down the hall because they put me up in the hotel where they were having it. And someone says, Cheryl, Cheryl, and they're yelling from the hall. And I'm like, I turn around and this guy introduces himself and he says, I'm the VP of this company. He was like, you are so comfortable in your own skin. He's like, if I didn't know any better, I would think you had been, you had known about this industry for your entire life. Great job, young lady. By the way, let me give you the the correct pronunciation of my name because you'll be introducing me later for the gala. Perfect. When I tell you that was everything. Just the fact that he appreciated the fact that I just brought who I was very authentically to the table, that is what they hired me for. So it works every time. When you just show up as you, it works every time. <laughs> well, and it's really the, like the only part you can play. I mean, your personality may change over time. Things may change about you, but you are you and you're the only, you're the only one there. Yep. Um, I just think so often, we're, I think your point earlier, we're comparing ourselves to you know, the Les Browns or the, the Brian Tree. Those folks are great and they came up at a certain time where certain things were the way things worked and things are changing. People are changing. What worked then may not work now and it definitely won't work for you because you're not them. And and not everybody's going to hear their voice in their style of delivery, right? Like Les is one of the most, I mean, he has been voted as one of the like top motivational speakers in the world. Tony Robbins, we all know these folks and they, they have the it factor indeed. Like we can't deny it. But the reality is, number one, they, they don't have the capacity to serve everyone in the world, like the 7.6 billion people in the world. Number two, they're not going to magnetize everyone based on what they say, how they say it, how they express themselves. They're, like there is a specific, I believe, a specific segment of the population that has been assigned to your voice. That's going to hear your voice, the way you say that thing. Like, have you ever heard somebody, maybe you heard an expression and maybe you heard it five times, but then you heard it the sixth time by this person you never met before. And you're like, oh my God, that is so good. Like you had never heard it before. Drives my wife crazy. <laughs> She'll say stuff to me five or six times. And I'll, then I'll come to her and be like, you know what so-and-so just said? And she just gets this look. I'm like, oh crap, you've told me this before, haven't you? <laughs> That right there, that, that tells you that every one of us has a unique voice and a unique way of expressing things and, and from our perspective. And we may say it, this just this way that we articulate it is the way somebody needs to receive it. Maybe because of the way we said it, or maybe because they were in a different season in their journey at that moment, and they just needed to hear that thing then, like they could really hear it and receive it. Mm. But nonetheless, all of us have something distinct and unique. And so we have to just play in our, like, I always say, stay in and play in your lane. Don't try to be anything or anybody other than who you really are. Right. All right, guys, quick break. If you're like me, you've got a million books to read and not enough time to do it. There's a simple solution to that that helps you and helps me. And that is go to bebettertomorrow.com slash audible, where you'll get a free trial of audible.com. Audible.com is the number one audiobook library in the world. They've got a great app. It lets you get to any book you want for one credit each month. And I know me time's a little tough to come by right now on the day of Corona, but if you are taking a vacation this year, and especially if you've got kids, a great opportunity is to listen to a book together as a family on that road trip. And then preferably it's a book that we did on reading radio and you can go listen to that podcast as well. If you've never checked it out, this is an opportunity just to get a freebie. Go over to bebettertomorrow.com slash audible, get a free trial, check it out. I know you'll love it. And listen, I know they want to get you on the $14.99 a month plan, but if you pay for the whole year or two years in advance, you get all your credits at once so you don't have to wait and you get a much better deal. Don't tell them I told you. 
All right, back to the show. And so in, when you're talking to folks in the, in the workforce, I'd really like to swing back. One of the things I've seen women do, and I've, I've tried to coach, them, coach through them, is this, I don't know what to call it, but the, the doubt at the end. Like, I'm going to make a statement, here's what I think, and then, but I don't know. Or this discounting of their opinion at the end. It was, it, I remember one church meeting in particular where a woman said something really profound. It was that moment where I heard it, and I'm like, oh, that's really good. I'm glad she said that. And then she, at the end, well, but I don't know. Are you kidding me? Don't do that. Like, don't discount what you did. It was amazing. Yeah. And I, I don't see guys do that as often. I mean, that's for sure. I mean, women have a, many women uh, do have a, a habit of diminishing and devaluing what they brought to the table. Number one, because they're already questioning, should I speak up? I mean, but you think about realistically, think about the oppression of women, not just women of color, just mm -hmm. women, period. Like for so long, we weren't even allowed to vote. We weren't allowed to be in the market, up in the marketplace or in the corporate space. We were home mm -hmm. raising the kids. So we still are growing. I mean, when you look at, you know, wage equality and, and all those things that are happening still, for women, we are still learning how to stand in the power and on the power of our voices. So, and, and also you got to think about some of the backlash that we receive when we do speak up powerfully. So sometimes women will speak up and they'll use their voice and they're feeling good and they get called the B word, right? Because of the way they said it or what they said, or they come into a male dominated industry and they're expected to just sit quietly and say yes to everybody else's ideas or their ideas aren't validated. Their voice isn't validated in that space. And so that makes it more difficult. So you imagine, imagine if you come and you speak up and you say something and then that thing is just sure. squashed and people don't help validate it and give, give more strength and power to that thing. You're probably not going to speak up as much the next time, or you're going to still doubt yourself. You're going to go right back to point A when you had made some growth. So we still have a long way to go, but that's why two things are needed. Number one, women empowering other women and reminding them that your voice is necessary and it's just as powerful regardless of how many males are in the room. But number two, we need males who are in those spaces to be our allies and to step up and to invite us to the plate. And like you said, to be mentors and sponsors and guide us to say, hey, you know what, everything that you said, you were so on point, I was so tuned in. Can I, would you mind if I share one piece of guidance with you that I think would have made it even that much more powerful? Don't question yourself at the end. Like when you all step up as allies. Yeah. My next question was how do how do we do things like that without being patronizing or without I don't know without without some negative connotation because I I want to be able to do that. I I work with some really amazing women, you know, both as my bosses and quite frankly to something you said earlier. I'd rather work for a woman in most cases because they're a little more understanding and you know, have that nurturing aspect as a rule, whereas guys yeah. are like, why are you, why are you not working fifteen hours a day? <laughs> Like, and I kind of, because right. yeah, I have a family, right. dude, and I care about them. I don't know why you never see yours, but <laughs> how do, how do we, I guess, what are the, what are some of the things, not that you have to be the counselor for all mankind here. We can, we can, not going to rectify this, <laughs> you know, right here tonight, but for those of those people listening, trying to improve themselves and trying to find better ways to work, what are some things that we can do? You just gave one there that, you know, I, I what you said was great, but what, can I give you this feedback? Do I have your permission to speak to you? Yeah and help you in this? Yeah. And, and then how do we promote people and say, no, we, we need to hear her voice? Or um, is it looking at somebody in a meeting and go, hey, we really want to hear what you have to say on this? Um, and just calling people out and, and getting them to speak up? Yeah, I, I think one of the things is just be genuine. Like if you really are genuine about helping someone, you want to see them grow in their career, then 
give them that advice, that guidance, but don't do it in a condescending way, sure. right? So it's not what you say, it's how you say it oftentimes. And, and was it expressed or articulated at the right time? So maybe right after the presentation is not the right time because maybe they're still on edge, maybe they're not sure how it went over, if it went over well. So maybe that's not the right time, but maybe you can go to lunch and say, look, man, I love seeing your, your growth and your development, and I can just see you going so far in this company. Would you be open to me providing feedback when I see things that I think would help you? Because I want to be your ally. Like, and really coming from a genuine, authentic space of wanting to help a woman to grow. And I mean, we need more women who are in leadership and management and C-suite level. And that's not going to happen on our own. It's going to happen through our male allies. So I think that number one, how, what you say, it's not what you say, it's how you say it. It's when you say it, make sure it's not a condescending tone that makes the person feel like they're put down because then they're going to, they're not going to be interested in hearing that. Just like with my husband, if I come to him with the wrong tone, he's not hearing nothing I'm saying. It's the same (laughs) way. Um, And then I think, yes, when you're in, let's say you have a conversation with, with this person or persons and they bring up some great ideas. I think making sure that you encourage them during certain meetings and spaces, hey, you know, so X, Y, and Z and I, we were, we were having a conversation, a side by conversation, and she brought up a really good point. Would you share with them? Would you mind sharing with the group what your idea was? Like really, again, that, and I'm not a big person on validation because I think that has to be an internal thing. But I think in this space, in the corporate space, we do need that thing called validation to up, help other women to up level. And so really validating, like that was such a great idea. Would you mind sharing it here in front of the entire group? That gives her permission to speak up. And that also makes her feel like, wow, I have a friend in this room, even if nobody else <laughs> understands what I'm saying, that one person gets it. And that gives me more confidence to speak up and to speak up authoritatively, not passively. I think those are two of the best ways, best things that you can do to support women. All right, listen up, guys. For those of you who are listening, I know about half of my audience is, so pay attention. <laughs> oh, so we are, uh, we're coming to the top of the hour. There's a few other things I want to cover on, on your website. I was just I was kind of impressed by this. You have a really interesting picture. Uh, and I asked you about it a little bit earlier. It's with uh, former first lady. Uh, Michelle Obama, you want to tell us a little, tell us that story? It sounded pretty interesting. Yeah, so uh, Michelle Obama had her becoming tour for her new best-selling book, and that was last year and uh, in 2019. And she came here to the Washington D.C. area, and there was an opportunity where you could invest quite heftily. Sure. <laughs> to 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 attend this private reception with her, um, talk to her, engage, get a photo, et cetera, et cetera. And I said yes to me. That was kind of like me, my celebration to me for all the work I've been doing to grow my own business. It was just, it was, it was almost a no brainer. Like normally I wouldn't invest at that level. Like, you know, you're talking about thousands and thousands of dollars, but it was, it was, it's someone that I always wanted to meet. Um, I value her morals and principles that have come through as she's been in office with her husband. And I just, I, it was an easy yes for me. And it was unforgettable. It was amazing. So I got to do that behind the scenes. And then I got to sit on, I was on the second row of the actual uh, live event itself. Uh, And the best surprise was that her husband surprised her and came out. And I think that was the only tour stop in DC where they act, where he actually came. So it was an unforgettable night. Um, I I just, I will never forget it. I, I still, the funny part i still have the ticket oh do you from a year ago in my purse i still have it in my <laughs> purse that's, that's how exciting and amazing that opportunity was so yeah 
Yeah, and that's just a good point. When you when you want to make an investment in yourself, something like that is, is an important thing to do. And you shouldn't doubt with whatever you're trying to go for, whether it's a certification for your job, whether it's a, a class or training, whether it's in a, a mastermind group or some other group of people you need to be a part of, you need to get invested in. Paying some money makes you value that much more. Yeah. And it, it also sends a signal to you, to your brain that says, I value myself and what I'm trying to accomplish. And it makes you actually feel more valuable in the process. You, that action brings around the belief of this is what I do and this is worth it. Absolutely. I mean, and, and that photo, that photo will never go away. Like that's always no. going to be a part of my, you know, my company brand DNA, if you will. And a big part of you growing and soaring as a speaker, as an influencer, or a leader is brand association. And so, yes, I make sure that that photo is on my website and it's all over anything else that I can put it on. In addition to my photos with some, some other influencers, Les Brown, Eric Thomas, I mean, just a host of amazing speakers who I've had the opportunity to sit with or be under their tutelage, Lisa Nichols. Um, it's, it's phenomenal. And it really does increase your brand credibility when people see that you're willing to invest. Because I don't believe that any of us, and I, you know, I do coaching just like you, I don't think any of us have the right to encourage our clients to invest at a level at which we have not invested in ourselves. Sure. So I agree. It, it's important for me. And I think that those images are a reflection, direct reflection and representation of us investing in ourselves, the very thing that we're challenging our clients to do. Yeah, it's evidence that you're willing to put skin in the game as well. Yeah. That you believe in the process, you believe in what's going on and, and, and getting better at what you do. Absolutely. Well, I, I end all the shows the same way, so I'll ask you the final question. What are you doing today to be better tomorrow? Hmm, that's a good question. I am being intentional with my time. The one thing I can never get back, the one thing I can't get more of mm. in any given day, I am being very intentional and making sure that I am using my voice as powerfully as I can to touch as many lives as I can in every 24 hours that I'm given. My tomorrow is not promised, so I don't have the luxury of putting stuff on my tomorrow's to-do list. I got to make sure I'm doing it today, executing today, implementing today, transforming lives today. And that means I have to be intentional with where I spend my time, how I spend my time and make the most of it. And that's my commitment. Yeah. Being intentional is super important. So I thank you for being here with us and thank you everyone for listening. I hope you'll find something in this message today that will help you be better tomorrow. Thanks, everyone. As always, you can subscribe over at BeBetterTomorrow.com or wherever great podcasts are found. All the show notes for this will be found at BeBetterTomorrow.com slash 25 to make it easier for you to remember. The music you're hearing in the background is Income Tech's Kevin McLeod. It's called District 4. It's released under Creative Commons license, as is this show. So if you can use this in a non-commercial endeavor, as long as you give me credit for it. And until next time, I hope you'll find something to do to be better tomorrow.